Greetings, friends. Shalom. Welcome back to the broadcast. Uh, I was able to make some time to make a short video for this week, and I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this passage that we covered in the book of Job this week. Now, the passage that I'm referring to, actually, it mentions it twice, once in chapter 40 and once in chapter 38, and this is where God begins to speak to Job and answer Job, and he says to Job, right out of the gate, verse 3, Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee, and answer thou me. So in short, what God's really saying is, Job, it's time to man up. It's time to gird up your loins, which is an idiom or phrasing, which usually is for uh, describing battle, uh, which simply means prepare yourself. Get ready. So he's saying, get ready, Job. Prepare yourself like a man. And it's not just the regular word for man in the Bible, which is the Hebrew word ish. It's geber, which means strong man, warrior type man. God's saying, prepare yourself. Act like a man because I've got some questions for you. And it got me thinking, what does the Bible have to say about what it means to be a man? Not in the uh, way that you see it discussed in social circles today which is just complete and utter nonsense. It's, it's intentional to destroy men, to destroy masculinity. It's an absolute joke, uh, what we witness today. It's, it would be laughable if it wasn't so terrible and sad. It should be laughable, uh, but we live in a society that's gone completely mad um, and has somehow decided that men having testosterone and being manly is bad. But that's not what I'm getting into. What I'm trying to get into today is just to, to simply ask and answer the question, what does the Bible say it means to be manly, to be a man? What is the duty of a man? And I thought an interesting passage would be to go to 1 Kings, where David is getting ready to die. He's getting ready to pass away, and he gives some wisdom to his son Solomon. And here's what he says. So if we go to 1 Kings chapter 2, it says, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And he charged Solomon his son, saying, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. Now, this isn't the word geber that we saw in Job, where it was like warrior, you know. It's just the, it's just the generic word ish for man. He says, show thyself a man. Demonstrate that you are a man. Act like a man 
and here's how you do it. Show thyself a man, verse 3. Here's the answer of what that looks like. And keep the charge of the Lord thy God, Jehovah Elohim, to walk in his ways, to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou may prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. He's saying, Solomon, it's time to act like a man. You're getting ready to take over the kingdom. Here's what it means to be and act like a man. To be the head of a family, the head of a household, the head of a nation. Keep the ways of God. Keep the ways of his law. Walk in his statutes. Obey his commandments. Do all these things as it is written, so that you'll prosper in all that you do. That's what it means, according to the Bible, I believe, to walk like a man, to act like a man. It's obedience to God. And when you walk in God's ways unapologetically, you obey God unapologetically, and you're not ashamed of your faith or who it is that you serve and you despise evil and you're not a coward that's what it means to be a man so that's David's message to Solomon and then Solomon writes this book called Ecclesiastes this book of wisdom He ends the book by saying this. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So, here's the sum of it all. Everything I've been trying to say. Fear God. Keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. Now, of course, in this instance, the context is he's referring to mankind, not just men. But the duty is very clear. Obey God. Walk in His commandments. Fear Him. This is the duty of man. This is what it means to be a man. And God's telling Job, Well, you're about to have an encounter with me, and it's probably going to be frightening. So you need to gird up your, you need to prepare yourself and act like a man and man up. Because I've got some hard questions for you, Job. Now, in any time in history, this, this would not be an offensive thought. Only now, in this time of great apostasy, perversion, and absolute madness, is it offensive to both men and women to say that a man should be strong, should be a protector, should be a provider. What absurdities do we live in today? It's tragic. And it won't last. Because insanity never lasts. It collapses on top of itself. Stupidity will never last. Not in the long term. The question is, is what? 
are we going to have to witness? What tragedy is the world have, going to have to come under for this r- ridiculousness to pass? That is the ultimate question. There's a couple other things I want to read real quickly about what it means to be a man. And it's in... And it's two verses that have to do with how you deal with your wife. Now, we're not going to get into all the verses about how about what women should do, because that's not what this study is about. But if we're going to talk about what the scriptures say it means to be a man, then we can't ignore this aspect. So I'm going to switch to my computer here. And we're going to look at two verses. So we have... Ephesians, this is the Apostle Paul. Husbands, this is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 through 29. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord, the church. Paul is saying, you ought to love your wives as if it's your own body. No man hated his own flesh, right? Like you care for your your body, your flesh, you nourish it. That's the same kind of love and care you should have for your wife. Real men love their wives like this. They're providers, they're protectors. Listen to Peter. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement, and that's for a whole another conversation. But listen to the part to the men. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to the knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and being heirs together of grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Peter's saying you need to honor your wife, and when you don't, your prayers are hindered. You're like, why are my prayers not being answered? I do all these things, I walk in all this obedience, and I worship God, and I pray three times a day, but then you're screaming and yelling at your wife. You're murmuring about your wife. That might be why your prayers are being hindered. You say, well, my wife doesn't obey me like the scriptures say. Well, hey, that she needs to be dealt with by God. But your responsibility is to be obedient and to love your wife like Christ loved the church, to cherish her like you cherish your own flesh and to honor her that your prayers may not be hindered. This is what it means to be a man according to the scriptures. 
and man, we live in a culture that needs that message today. It's tra- it's tragic. It's sad. What's happened? And for all I know, this video may even be censored by YouTube because I dared to say that a man should act like one and should be manly. What clown world are we living in? But I, even the Christian men are effeminate and weak and afraid. That's not what how God designed us. There's a reason why men are aggressive. We're to be providers and protectors. Not to stand idle while Satan devours our children and our wives. Well, that is my thoughts for today. I'm sure they'll I'm sure they'll go over great. Right? With those of you who are godly, they will. But to those who are perishing, this is nonsense. Right? The scriptures, the cross, it's all nonsense to those who are perishing, to those who hate God. Quick thought, next week, uh, please note, uh, we're going to be abandoning our normal schedule, and we're going to be studying and um, thinking about Purim, the Feast of Purim. I'm not going to talk a lot about it on this video, but uh, it's basically the study of the book of Esther, and we'll get into all of that next week. We've done it several times on this uh, channel, uh, but powerful message, a message that should resonate with us today, as it has with every generation. It's, an, it's such an important feast and such an important um, study, and we'll get into all of that just thought I'd show this on on video, and if you're uh, listening via podcast, I apologize. You'll have to go find the video. This is a scroll of the Book of Esther that was printed in Israel in 1972. This is kind of interesting little thing, and you literally read it just like you would a scroll. And of course, it's right to left because it's in Hebrew, but it has Hebrew on one side. And then the English, and you just kind of unroll it like so. Very, very cool. Just thought I would show that off since we're going to be talking about the book of Esther in the coming weeks. Well, there's the video. And I just pray that you've been blessed. Oh, real quick, it won't just be reading it from the standard Bible. We'll also be reading the book of Esther from the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, which would have been the Bible of Jesus' day, or a very popular text of Jesus' day. And it has like six extra chapters for the book of Esther and a lot of other information that we don't have. Why they didn't use this version when they printed started printing English Bibles, I don't know. Uh, but if you haven't heard the reading from the Septuagint, which we'll do towards the end of next week, you'll be blessed. All right, that's all I have for you this morning. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.